Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchev. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. Today is a very cool day. It is a cool day. Uh, it's because digital hospitality has come to life. I have my friend, Rob Napoli, who is the head of brand at Omnibus. Yep. He is here in San Diego, flew all the way from New York. Why? Because of the internet. And this show, what we teach, not just restaurant owners, not just small business owners, but all businesses, is that you need to be willing to share your story on the internet. And when you do, you get to make really cool connections. And Rob is somebody that's playing the game within the game. When we talk about the intersection of the four C's, content, commerce, communication, and community, all of those things, they all come together on this incredible device that we call smartphone. In real life experiences happen if you're willing to publish content, you can make friends like Rob. Rob, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to be here and appreciate you hosting us and all the hospitality you've shown in the last two hosting days. Hosting us? You came from what? You, where were you? Where in the world were you? Uh, well, I was in the Netherlands, flew to New York, was there for 29 hours, then flew straight here. So, What on God's green earth compelled you to get Nick Capozzi from Splice Video, me and you all together here in San Diego? That's because great... you're kind of the spearhead of this, uh, of this mastermind. Yeah, great question. Well, so Nick and I met over three years ago, and we've never had a chance to meet. How did you meet? On the internet. On the internet? On the internet, yeah. On a dating through... site? No, we were, <laughs> I like to think so. No, we, um, <laughs> we were in like similar circles. And a he business came to dating site. Yeah, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, it's a, okay. it's a good business dating site. Okay. And uh, we had, we were in a couple of events together and some people just saying, hey, you should talk Virtual to Rob. Virtual events? Virtual events, yeah. And then Larry Long Jr. was like, hey, you need to talk to Rob. He's like, okay, you're the third person who's like, I should talk to this guy, Rob. And so he reached out to me and we set up a call and we just hit it off. And it was just like, click, click, click. And then, you know, fast forward about seven months ago when I started at Omnibus, uh, I was having a call with him, catching up because he wanted to call and let me know he was launching Splice Videos. And so I was like, I actually just accepted a new uh, position of head of brand at Omniboost and I was talking about hospitality tech and he's like, you know who you should, you should reach out to? And I was like, who? He's like, Sean Walsh. I was like, okay. Did he told you to reach out to me? Yeah. Nick oh, is wow. the See, there you go. So I Nick told me to reach out to you and I reached out to you and I remember like looking, I was like, I wonder if he's going to respond. Wrote you a LinkedIn message, immediately responded, had a call. You're like, I got 20 minutes for you. You gave me 35. Um, and then we met up briefly in Chicago, yep. the National Restaurant Association. And it was just cool because like we had a, a quick chat and you were you made time through, for y'all that probably seen this, but this dude was everywhere, everything all at once on <laughs> the floor. Like you were like running to one place, recording an episode, running to another place, recording meet and greet here, this, that. And I was like, Ooh. but you made time. You came out to make time to talk to me. And one of the junior guys on my team, Anthony, who still is like, that guy's so cool. He follows all your content. <laughs> and that's just like, I need to spend time around this guy. Like I need to get, not virtually, like it to happen. And Nick and I have been trying to meet up. We were supposed to go to Dubai together, didn't work for an event. He was supposed to be in New York and he got sick, didn't make it. Um, so finally I was like, you know what, let's just do it. Let's like fly to San Diego. You drive down because you're close. I'll come across the country and we'll just make it happen. And so yeah, it was just, we picked a date that worked for everybody. And I just booked a plane ticket and said, let's go. I mean, I think for me, the coolest thing is that it's, you know, the thesis that we have a belief that we're not the only crazy people <laughs> that, you know, really cool business can get done and we can have incredible connections, not just in our local village. Yeah. You know, this is our village here in San Diego. We're off the beaten path, but I know that the things that happen inside the four walls of my restaurant 
they're not just things that Eric, my GM and business partner go through, that Steven, my catering manager, that Lisa, my other manager, you know, that our bartenders go through. I know that the issues that we face as a, as a restaurant, trying to grow our brand, trying to make great barbecue, people all over the earth are trying to build a better business. Yeah. We're all trying to figure out the internet. We're all trying to figure out social media. We all need to tell a better story. For you, there's a reason why, you know, I believe the community of, you know, digital hospitality leaders, why we all find each other, because we're willing to look stupid, sound stupid, <laughs> do the work that no one else is willing to do and put that work out on the internet. Yeah. Not in hopes that millions of people or thousands of people, all it takes is one person that's watching this to go, hey, I'm gonna reach out to Rob. Yeah. Or hey, I'm gonna reach out to Sean. And maybe they can say something that is gonna help me with my business. And it might be as simple as take the phone out of your pocket and yeah. go live on TikTok. Or take the phone out of your pocket and start your first podcast and do that week over week. When you think about the creator economy and you personally as a creator, as a storyteller, where did that first start? Hey everyone, uh, Avi Gorin, CEO and co-founder of Marquee. And I wanna talk about the customer journey for a second. You never know as a restaurant owner where your guests are truly coming from. End of the day, we do see some patterns around two types of search behaviors, direct versus discovery. Direct search, for an example, would be jumping into Google and saying Cali barbecue hours, right? I know where I wanna go to eat, but I'm missing a key detail. I need a little bit more information. Discovery, which is the bulk of searches, is barbecue in San Diego restaurants near me, takeout near me, right? One of the best ways to be found for more discovery searches is leveraging keywords. Reviews are basically free content for you to leverage. Think about keywords that are relevant to your brand, your location, and include as many of those in your review responses as possible, right? How can you go about doing this? Let's set up reports, utilize tools like Google Trends, find out what's going on in your area and how you can help leverage these keywords and review responses because someone else is doing that, right? If you need some examples, you could do anything from including summer menu, gluten-free menu, um, leverage specific menu items like the dreaded and beloved spice pumpkin anything in your review responses, right? Let them know what's coming. Let your reviewers know something they should come back and try. And of course, if all of this just seems overwhelming and daunting because you're already running a, a restaurant and have enough on your plate, just leverage the team at Marquee to do this for you. We handle all of this. We're experts in this space. We can automate this. So it's just another item that you know you are taking care of. Again, that's Marquee.com, M-A-R-Q-I-I, M-A-R-Q-I-I.com. Know you. However, we did recently buy M-A-R-Q-U-I-I.com. So if you do misspell it, we got you. You'll still find us. We can still help you. Yeah, and actually first started, so I graduated college uh, right after the financial collapse of 2008, 2009. Uh, and I came out in 2010 and I got into recruiting really quickly. And I was recruiting software developers for Fortune 500 companies. And I had to quickly learn how to like network and build a network. And in order to do that and do that, build that out, I was I created like little subgroups, like little meetups in Des Moines because I was bringing a lot of people from big cities to small Des Moines, Iowa. So if you live in New York or you live in California, you're driving and we're doing stuff like Des Moines, you can get around in 20 minutes. Like you, you work nine to five yeah. and you have all this extra time. So I started doing meetups and um, cultural exchanges and stuff like that. And that was kind of where it first started. Uh, but to be 
completely fair, when I first started the idea of being a creator and creating experiences, uh, I was a taker. I was not a giver. I was a taker, not a giver. I was doing it with the ulterior motive that I was trying to sell more. And I burned out my network pretty quickly. Then when I moved to Italy and I left, so I met my now wife in Southern Iowa. Uh, We started dating for three months. She said, uh, I'm moving to Europe to get my master's. She had done study abroad during school. I don't do long distance. So either break up now and in the heartache, would you move with me? So I quit my job, sold my house. Nine months later, I was on a plane uh, to Milan getting a master's. And it was kind of that oh shit moment. You were getting the master's, she was. She got a master's and I, in order to go with her, I got a master's in marketing and I got a job coaching American football. Really? Uh, in Italy, yeah. So I coached professional American football, got a master's degree. I worked for a startup. I helped the startup scale globally. I've actually had the opportunity to sell into every country I can legally sell into, one that I wasn't and I got in trouble for it. Uh, so that was a fun experience. Uh, but when I did that and I moved away, I had to start creating content to, to let people know what I was doing, right? So I actually started a blog. And I emailed that blog to my family. Yeah, my own blog site. And I would email that out to my family, let them know what we're up to so they can kind of follow along with our experiences. And this is- Was there an email component as well? Yeah. So we had the the family email train and family and friends that could join in. I would send it out, they'd have the blog, but I'd kind of like put it a snippet in in that early kind of newsletter format. And then I started taking a lot of photos for it and put the photos in the blog. And then videos kind of came when I moved to New York. Lifestyle or business focus? It was lifestyle. It's just all the experience like, I've never been out of the country, minus Cancun 2008, junior year of college. That's a whole different experience. I don't really look at it as a out of the country experience. You didn't vlog that? <laughs> no, I'm really glad. That's that was a time bad. before. That was a time. I could have put a link in the show notes. Nah, man, so that was, that was a time before. I, I joke. Uh, I'm glad that the social channels that we have today weren't around. I was in college. Yeah. I've deleted all of my old tweets in like Facebook posts. Like Rob is doing this from college because that you know was cool cringe. On the internet. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> I can't see them in my face and they don't like pop up as a Facebook member Fair anymore. Uh, but when I moved to New York, uh, I really understood that I needed to start being more of a creator uh, because I had been, I picked up, I picked up and moved from the Midwest to Italy, spent two years in Italy, didn't come back to the States once and knew that I was going to be there. I'm going to experience everything there because I may never be back. And I picked up, I'd never been in New York City ever. I never even visited, picked up, relocated to New York City with my wife uh, for her job and uh, I had to start over again. And it's the third time I had to start from scratch. And this is the point where I really started to become a creator because I started to tie the loops together, the network I started to give. I, I had read Go Give or Sell More when I was in Italy and it changed, it made me realize, it, even though I, I was doing those things the back half of my time in, in the, the world of Des Moines, that I had done it wrong when I started, mm-hmm. right? And so I really wanted to kind of start fresh in New York and I was in New York, like it's New York City and you can meet anybody anywhere. So I needed to put myself out there, I needed to stand out. And that's really when I started creating video content and getting more involved in. What year? So 2017, 2018. And the video content, was it cell phone content, smartphone content? Yeah, it was content? just, it was all cell phones. So what I started. What platforms? Uh, mostly LinkedIn and Instagram. So you're doing video on LinkedIn. Yeah, I was shooting with little clips. So I, would, I was starting, I started mentoring at startup accelerators all across New York City. So I worked about 14 different accelerators and I started getting to speak. They're like, hey, Rob, you got some good things to say. And they put me in these little groups. And so I just started recording and I'd pick a little clip and start posting or I'd take a picture and, and, and share that. I'd tag all the founders in it and do a little thing for them. So it's a great way to build that community and make sure the founders could connect with me and they could connect with each other. Um, and that was a really easy way for me to get more exposure. But also it was more about getting to share with them and those because I was working with founders from all across the world that were coming to New York City to, to, to help them expand their network. And, and reach out and connect with others so they can continue to, to grow their business. And it was such a fun, 
easy way to create a network and provide so much value just by posting a picture or a short form video um, from the little talk that I did. When you look at where you started to what you're doing now launching a show, uh, thank you for having me on your show. Thank you. What's the name of the show? It's called Hospitable. Hospitable. Yeah. It's all about how to make the hospitality industry more human through technology. And what is the goals for that show and why do you believe that every brand that's listening to this, no matter the size of the company, needs to have their own show? That's a great question. I love this, this because the idea behind the show is really to share stories, is to give people a platform to talk about the things that they struggle with and the things that they're excited about and what trends they see coming up because hospitality is a really cool industry. Right? By nature, it's all about being human and it's creating experiences. And I kind of fell into hospitality. It was something I, I always, actually, like you, I started as a busboy working mm -hmm. at a pizza restaurant. My dad was the manager. I would literally play Friday night game football, go to practice on Saturday and have to work on Sunday during yep. the season. Um, my wife works in hospitality. She's a tier designer for a famous Italian architect. Cool. She does really cool five-star hotels and stuff. And just seeing her interact in that world and seeing how that world was interacting and the companies and the tech in it, because I'm more excited about the tech side. I was like, that's what I want to get into. And I had this opportunity. And so when we created this show, we really wanted to create a place to be an authority leader, really. Mm -hmm. to, to The show's powered by Omniboost, but it's not us selling Omniboost on the show. It's us bringing in other people, architects, restaurant owners, tech, tech CEOs, like all these different people to talk about a common thread. And that's the human connection and the experiences of hospitality. And so that was the idea behind it. And it was, it's being the show, man. Just like being able to be the ones to drive the conversations, to be the, the, the intersection of all these things happening. Omniboost, to tell the company a little bit, Omniboost is a SaaS platform as an integrator. We help all the hospitality tech stacks talk. PMS, POS, accounting, restaurant management, employee management, loyalty programs. They all don't play nice in the sandbox. Mm -hmm. We figured out how to make them play nice in the sandbox, right? So we're 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 a connector in our, our platform, but we want to be the connectors in the space, right? Because thing is, if we do our job right, no one knows who we are. Yeah. But we want to be known. So the show is our ability to be known and tie those loops together for the wider industry and a bigger picture scale and have an impact. And that was the idea behind Hospitable, and we just recently launched the, today. Actually, the second episode came out, which was awesome, and we've already got fifteen in the bank. And we'll be doing an episode a week and not stopping. When was the first time that you launched a show? 2021. I launched The Bare Necessities of Entrepreneurship. And that was a podcast. That was a podcast. I did a audio and video. Audio and video. Started out, um, I was interviewing entrepreneurs. Uh, early stage. So pre. Weekly show. Weekly show. Uh, Pre-seed. Uh, one of them tell their story. And it started off interviewing amazing entrepreneurs from all across the world, telling their story, sharing challenges, sharing growth, sharing lessons learned. Virtual um, or in-person? Mostly virtual. Uh, then we started getting in-person. It was the back half of the pandemic when we started, so virtual. Then we started getting into in-person as much as I could. Um, and did 110 episodes. It's on pause right now, picking back up next year, because I wanted to pause for the launch of Hospitable. Uh, but it was one of the, honestly, it was the best experience I ever had. Because I, from that long-form content, I was able to create so much side content. And at the same time, I wrote a book and a children's book. And it was all because I was doing that. I was in that world and it just, it gave me the confidence to do it. And if you watch my early interviews, they're not great. I've gotten a lot better, but I love going back to that. And that gave me confidence launching this show. I'm at a bigger scale. How do you ask questions? That's a great question. Um, so I, I was a recruiter for a long time. 
And I, I kind of take the interview approach of, I'm gonna ask very open-ended questions and let you get you comfortable. And so it's always kind of a, a layup question to, to kind of get people talking, get them going. You can always feel when the momentum rises, you know, when you ask the right question and, and once that momentum rises, you stay in that vein and you let that vein go until you need to pull it, pull it around. So it's, it's just a combination of small, open-ended questions, getting them to feel comfortable. And also sometimes it's, I will give a story to start the conversation, especially when you know somebody who's not a native English speaker. I had a lot of not um, first time podcasters, non native English speakers, and I would open them up by giving a story. So I would be vulnerable first and they felt comfortable to be vulnerable. And so sometimes it was uh, even, I mean, asking the right question first, it was telling the right story to get them bought in and then asking an easy question. And then you layer the question down into the, the meat and potatoes. What is head of brand? It's a great question. Uh, it's everything related to who we are. It's making Omniboost synonymous with being a connector in the space of hospitality tech. And our line is hospitality tech communities. And it's all about how do we tell that story? How do we make sure that our founder uh, can tell his story? And he has an amazing story. And he actually went to school to be a lawyer and then started a marketing agency and then was working with an e-commerce and it didn't work. And somebody said, hey, this would work for the hospitality industry. And then he started doing that and it just like turned into this really cool business. And he was afraid to tell that story. So me coming in to help him tell that story, helping the company tell a story, sharing. We have amazing people that work at that organization. It's based in like a small town in Zeeland and Tunisian of the Netherlands, like very small town. And to be able to amplify those stories about who we are as a team, our core DNA, which is actually the episode we launched today. It's all about the core DNA of the company and being able to share that we have amazing people doing amazing things. And the question I always get when I talk to our clients like, how are you doing all these things at the company with 35 people? It's like, because we have amazing people. Mm -hmm. And that's my job is to share and show those amazing people in the organization to the outside world so they know that we can handle cool shit. The results are in National Restaurant Association show, Kyle and Sarah and myself. We were at the Davos sales tax booth and we were polling restaurant owners on the floor. This was a very unscientific poll, but the results are resounding. Restaurant owners do not like sales tax. Nobody likes sales tax. Doesn't matter what business owner you are, small business, big business, Davo automates the sales tax process. We are so grateful that Davo is the sponsor of this show. They automate sales tax at our Cali barbecue restaurants. It is $50 a month. It integrates with all the major point of sale partners, including Toast. So if you want to sleep at night, if you want to not worry about sales tax, Go to Davo, check them out, Davo Sales Tax. Uh, let us know how they're helping automate your sales tax in your restaurant so that we can share your Davo story on digital hospitality. For somebody that's listening to this that is in a level of leadership on the sales side, on the marketing side, that wants to get into the storytelling side, what kind of things do you would you suggest to them to pitch their leadership on the value. What's the ROI of launching a show? What's the ROI of content? Why are we going to invest in video? And that's a great question. I, I, the first, really the ROI for us is, one, we get to now reach out with a value add. We get to reach out to people and not ask for business. Say, hey, we're doing this cool thing. Do you wanna be a guest on the podcast? Do you wanna come tell your story? And what I actually pitched before I even launched the podcast is I pitched, I wanna come in and interview everybody at the company. Mm -hmm. I want to hear their stories. And I pitched actually what we're going to eventually do. Is this do. an internal podcast? 
<laughs> we, we've talked about that. But what we want to do is on our About Me page. I don't believe in internal podcasts. What? I don't believe in internal podcasts. <laughs> so what we wanted to do. Do you? Tell me. We're, so no, like, so what I want to do though, to get into a debate here. <laughs> yeah, well, what I want to do with it is turn it into not necessarily an internal podcast, but internal story. Is practice? No, because I want because we have these amazing people on our team that, to be honest, you're not like a big brand or a leader. You might never get a chance to be on a podcast, right? You never get a chance to tell your story. For so sure. if I could interview them and pull something out. What we actually want to do on the website eventually, you'll have everybody is like face, right? This is the person. This is the title. But when you click on it, you can watch a 20-second clip about who they are, a short version of their story, so that you know if you're working with Anthony or if you're working with Rob, yep. you know who that person is. Yep. And it makes that human experience. We talked about on, on my show, Human to Human. It makes us human to those people. H to H. H to H. I love it. Not B to, not B to C, not B to B. No, H to H. And so that was the idea. So I pitched that, and, and we're in the process of building that for our website with our team. And so it was amazing though, because it allowed me to come in as a leader. So I met the company three years prior through an accelerator program. And I did a sales training session. And I used to run a sales agency and the founder and I just hit it off. So he hired me to do some consulting for them. I did some branding work. I was strategic advisor for three years. You know, I was going to New York, we'd, we'd set up meetings and do all these things. And he always kind of joked at one point he was going to hire me. And I was like, yeah, so many founders and companies I work with say that no one ever showed me the money. He, put a con he finally came to me at the end of last year and then put a contract in front of my face this year. And uh, first thing I want to do is I want to get to know the team and I wanted to, as a leader coming from the outside, a new leader in the organization, what better way to get to know all the employees than sit down with them for five minutes and do a quick interview mm. and get a little bit of their story and then how can I use that story as the bigger picture of Omnibus? Because Omnibus is not just about Case or our founder. It's not about Rob, it's not about Mike, it's not about Dennis and Cerna on our leadership team. It's all 30 led of us. Mm -hmm. Those that show up every single freaking day to support our customers. And I wanted to share that. I want to be able to take that into some sort of content avenue and put that out to, so people know who we are. We're humans in a very tech-driven world. And that's when, what we wanted to show. When you think of the social platforms that matter for you right now, not just personally, but also as a brand, what do you focus on? LinkedIn right now. Uh, LinkedIn and Instagram. We're starting to do a little bit more on Twitter. All right, I guess it's now X. X. Um, those are the three, and then YouTube. YouTube is such a big platform, and it's so amazing with we could have different playlists and you have your event side of things. So we do a lot of events. So you want to highlight being at those events, those crazy experiences, right? We want to be able to highlight that, and then we have uh, we want to be able to highlight shorts, like really those quick 10, 20 second reels that kind of show who we are. And then we want to have the podcast. And so YouTube for us is a big platform that we're putting a lot of time into. And also that, you know, that vein allows us to create just a, a wealth of content that we can then tag to different websites and, and share and show and create such a big, robust collection. Uh, so YouTube, YouTube, LinkedIn and Instagram. And then we're playing around with X right now. How do you look at when you go and you travel internationally and then you come back stateside and you go to conferences? and you see the things that people are talking about on a local level, but then you think on a global. How do those things help shape how you wanna move the brand forward? That's a great question. It's amazing because I, I work for a European-based company, yep. uh, but I lead all the US commercial sitting in New York City and been in New York for seven years, worked for 14 different accelerators, and I also worked about seven different consulates. So I get to be involved in some really cool conversations and 
from the global to local and local on, so many of those things and threads are very similar. And it's just how they're framed. And so being able to listen to them framed locally in the Netherlands versus in Germany versus in Italy, out of New York to even in California, we have 50 states and they're all very different. It's like yeah. their own countries at times, right? And the ability for me is how do I tie all this together and make them make sense? How do I take something I learned in Zealand and come to San Diego and be able to tie those threads together? And, and honestly, it's easier than you think if you listen. If you listen and hear their stories, everyone's struggling with similar things. Yeah. And at the heart of it, connectivity. People want to just, like, going back to HH, people want to feel connected. And that's where I'm able to really tie those threads. And, and it's really easy just by listening because different, different flavors of things, similar problems happening. So I'm going to hire you for a rack of ribs. And I want you to teach the audience right now the most valuable sales lesson that someone can take away. Okay. You get paid the big bucks to go and share these secrets, but I, since this is we share the secrets on the internet, yeah. I'm going to hire you for a rack of ribs. You'll get the ribs after this interview, but I need you to share the secrets of sales right here, right now. Secret of sales. Teach our audience. Be human. How to sell. Honestly, be human. Selling has gotten so... Well, tell me about... Give me, bring me back to the biggest lesson. You said you were a taker. Now you're a giver. Yeah. The biggest lesson from sales that, that it became really antiquated where it was you run automated outreach, demo, demo, demo. And in those demos, we weren't asking questions. And so the biggest lesson is take a step back. You're dealing with humans and you want to make sure to ask great questions. I, was at, I love to ask this question to sellers. How much time do you spend doing customer discovery? If you put a time value, how much time should it take? How much time do you take and how much time should it take? Like percentage of the overall presentation, you mean? Yeah. A lot of times, like five minutes, 15 minutes. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Discovery never stops. From the moment they interact with you to the moment you close them and then after the sale, you still have to be discovering. You have to be asking questions. So if you're a seller and you're not continually asking questions, and every time, if I haven't talked to you in a while, hey, Sean, last time we spoke was about X, Y, and Z. You talked about your business struggling with this. Is that still the case? What's changed? Anything new happened in the business? What wins have you had in the last three weeks since we've last talked? Before I even jump in anything, those are the questions I want to ask you because I want to see if anything's changed for you. We're so quick to like, hey, Sean, last time we talked about this, I'm going to show you, here's the demo, boom, boom, boom. Are you going to buy? Well, three weeks, a lot happened. You may not need that solution anymore. The whole scope of work may have changed. So you want to be good at sales? Continually ask questions. Be human and understand that pain and, and challenges shift day to day. And if you're not constantly doing a pulse check, you're going to miss out. Kids book. Kids book. Bear builds a brand. Bear builds a brand. I love it. I love bears. We're a California restaurant. We have a bear in our logo. Yeah. And I love brands. ABB, always be brand. <laughs> I love it. I mean, look at you. The hat, the shirt. I mean, all the guys here have their shirts on. And I'm like, everyone's like, where's your shirt? I'm like, that's a good question. Yeah, that is a good question. Why are you not branded? Because all I have right now are hoodies, and it's too hot in California to be wearing a hoodie. What do you mean you don't have? I thought you're head of brand. I know we have t-shirts, but um, you don't have hats. Where's my hat? The hats are coming. How the hats are I... coming. We ran out. We ran. We've been at a lot of events. We ran out. I will say we ran what out. All of... we had were medium shirts, and I do not look good in a medium. No. <laughs> you trust me. You don't want to see that. I promise you. None of y'all want to see me in a medium shirt right now. So let's talk about swag. Yeah. Hospitality technology companies. I go to tech conferences all the time. We, I have socks, I have water bottles, I have keychains. 
hats, some hats. I've made my own hats. Mm -hmm. How do you guys look at retail on the branding side? That is an amazing question. I um, I'm not a big fan of a lot of swag. I I want it to be more experimental. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually have. I don't want to. I don't want to give away what we're going to do at an event coming up because it's really cool. And I think really unique. Mm -hmm. uh, but it has. It's along the similar line of uh, why I wrote a kids book. Okay. Is that the swag is not for you. But it's for you to take home with your kids. Yeah. So you're seeing your kids playing with it, and every time you're gonna think, oh, that was the company. And it's the same reason I wrote a children's book. Is I was I wrote my first book for adults. And I realized how many and I have nieces and nephews, and I'm worried about them in the digital world and, and branding. And I was thinking, what better? I have all these amazing people in my network who are learning about branding and have kids and yeah. families. What better than to give them something that they're gonna to read to their kids and they're gonna see by Rob Napoli and they're gonna remember Rob helped me do this thing and mm -hmm. create this experience with a kid. So for us, swag is gonna be featured on focused on taking it home to somebody else and having that experience, that moment with them and leveraging it. So for me, like socks are cool. I saw this really cool thing at uh, we saw this cool thing at a Salesforce conference where you got to do like a claw. I think it was Slack did it. Mm -hmm. And you do the claw machine and you got to pick up a prize and take it home with you. Like that to me is an experience. Like you remember that thing. So for us, swag is all actually not just about giving it away. It's about experience. So we're we're putting together for our conferences next year a really cool experiential um, swag Sweet. opportunity. That's awesome. Cause I, cause you know, pins and hats, it's cool. Um, it's not really cool, but it's not Let's like I'm not. Honest. No offense, Let's I'm be not. With the I'll wear your hat. Like if you gave There's me Kelly, some wasted money out there. If you gave me a Kelly barbecue hat, I'll wear it because I have the opportunity to know you and I'm here, and yeah. like, that's got memory for me. And but, I'll be guilty if you don't wear it. Exactly. Like, where the fuck's the hat? <laughs> but nine times out of ten, those I have other like, people that want yeah. the hat. What, what's yeah. the fuck? So for me, it's 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 if it has a, a memory and experience attached to it, like that rack of ribs I'm gonna eat later. Yeah. I'm gonna remember it. So that hat is gonna mean so much more to me. So that's what we think about when we think about swag. Pins and all stuff, fine. But we want to think fine. about it. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah, it's pins not, are not I, fine. I, I'm a bad Nobody I'm, wears pins. I don't love I don't love swag. Yeah. I think that you need to have an experience that people remember who you are and how you made them feel at that conference because there's so many people doing so many things. Make them feel some kind of way. It's a game changer. We I was at a company that uh, we hired a photographer to do headshots. Mm -hmm. That's cool. We had a line for hours. I can't if you're watching this and you haven't updated your headshot, please update your headshot. Yeah, I mean, you all like have that is a one call to action. If you listen to this episode, I will follow you on LinkedIn. Rob will follow you yeah. on LinkedIn. We'll follow you on every platform. Only if you update your headshot. You all have an iPhone update that has portrait mode. Your headshot. Take a good photo. Yes. That, like a good one that I can see your face. Yes. That was the that was such a cool experience and people still talk about it. I have people that remember that six years ago. And that's what we're looking to do uh, next year with our Sweet. Uh, every single Wednesday, every Friday on the social audio app Clubhouse, it's a chance for you, the listener, you, the viewer, to come up on stage, tell us your story, tell us about your restaurant, your technology, your, if you're in sales, if you're in marketing, if you're a content creator, digital hospitality leaders from all over the globe, Rob included. Yes. Nick is on Clubhouse. So many leaders are on Clubhouse. Join us. Tell us your story. Uh, Rob, how can people get in touch with yeah, you? Yeah, uh, easiest way, robnapley.com has all my links, all the things. Uh, go to robnapley.com. It has the books, has the podcast, has all my socials, has everything you need to know to get in touch with me. Reach out to me. Uh, I'd love to have a conversation. 
Rob is weirdly available. I'm weirdly available at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. Instagram's the easiest. Send me a message. I will follow you back. Uh, we're grateful that you listened to this show. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing it. And uh, thank you for connecting with Rob. When you fear this episode and then you meet Rob in real life, we need a story about the fact that you heard this episode. 100%. I love that. That's the that's favorite how, thing. That's how we pass it forward. Yep, thank 100%. you guys for listening. We appreciate it.